hello, hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening from wherever you are joining us. Uh, welcome to the S1 Tom Chat, episode three. This episode, I am thrilled beyond reason to welcome uh, Rowena Fielding. Rowena, welcome to the, the chat. Hello, thank you, Tom. I am super, super thrilled that you asked me to come and chat. This is awesome. Yes, I, I, I've been looking forward to this. Been looking forward to this. Now, Rowena, you are the founder, director, and all-round chief nerd at Miss IG Geek. Uh, Miss IG Geek. Uh, uh, just Miss IG Geek, right? Limited, but yeah. Limited. There you go. Miss IG Geek Limited. Uh, I'm very practiced at this. So yes, uh, which is a a, a, a privacy consulting uh, company. Yeah, it's uh, it's me. Just me, and yep. I'm a freelance data protection and uh, privacy consultant, and I help organisations who want not to be evil um, and also want not to get into trouble um, to manage their risks and get the stuff done that they need to get done uh, without causing too much damage in the process. <laughs> Yeah. Now, you've got a reputation, actually, of being a, a real, uh, yeah, reputation. As soon as I said reputation, you knew exactly what I was talking about. You've got a reputation for be being uh, a real, um, oh, how can I put Careful it? How might, how, yeah, exactly. I, I might want you back on here. Um, but for being a, a real advocate of uh, privacy rights, human rights, um, actual, you know, a, a, a equality across all boundaries of society, not least in privacy and information security. Uh, and in fact, you have you've you've penned a few blogs, you've made a few talks, etc., talking about the conflict between information security and privacy. Some of which, you know, I've 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 taken personal umbrage at, uh, <laughs> and some some of which, you know, is, is very fair. And I, I've I've actually been meaning to write a response to some of those. I just mm -hmm. you know never got around to it. But what people may not know is that you were actually an information security pr practitioner to begin with, right? I was, yes. Um, I Well, I started off in IT, in IT support, desktop support and sysadmin, and then I got into security, and then I drifted into data protection, which is not the same thing as information security. No. Um, I like to think of it as having evolved. You see, and there you go. You know, you're just just riling us up, <laughs> riling us up already. But but what you yep. say you drifted in? I mean, what was it that pulled you across, for want of a better term? I mean, apart from you know, better cookies and better uh, well, cookies in both sense of the words. <laughs> um, but um, you know, but you know, what was it that made you think actually privacy is where I want to be versus infosec? Oh, well, I took a job on that was InfoSec manager and realized that most of the work I was doing was not InfoSec. It was records management, risk management, corporate governance. Um, and the driver at the time for doing those things was legal obligations. Um, yeah. So law, contracts. So the organization I was in um, had basically hired an information security manager to do data protection without realizing that they're not the same thing. Right. And the more I did of the data protection, the more I was like, yeah, this is cool. This is interesting. This is where I want to be. Um, so they paid to put me through a qualification. Um, the, the old BCS um, practitioner in data protection certificate back yeah. in 2000 and 
something a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, the more I did of uh, data protection, the more uh, I didn't want to do <laughs> infosec. Because I, actually, you see this an awful lot. I, I've got some, you know, personal friends who are CISOs and DPO of the same organisation, and even they say, "I, you know, as soon as I can get rid of it, I'm going to get rid of it." You know, um, I'm, they're talking about the DPO side of things, obviously, uh, but. Um, <laughs> But why why do you think that so many organizations will bundle these together? I mean, this is this is not just some you know piddle ass company. This is a major international organ you know, financial organization. This is this is a company that should know what it's doing, right? Um well, there is there's is a big answer to that. I think um a lot of the time it comes down to not wanting to spend money on things that might look quite similar if you don't understand them very well. Um, another one is that there has been a lot of bandwagon jumping onto data protection by mm. InfoSec. Uh, people who believe that because they know about one aspect of data protection, i.e. InfoSec, they must therefore be experts in all of it and capable of doing it, which is not likely to be the case unless that person is you know superhuman yeah um and so that, yeah there's a whole lot of cognitive bias going on there um and another part of it is that um you know that i think pri the privacy industry is probably about 20 years behind the infosec industry which itself is about 20 years behind the health and safety industry um yeah. and, and the it so, industry etc you know it's yeah all, exactly so yeah. kind of tagging it on look like a better opportunity or, or, or a good opportunity to to do something that otherwise just wouldn't get done yeah um but it's not optimal is and that's the polite way of putting it um in fact you know according to the definition of a dpo in the gdpr um there's a conflict of interest with doing that and being the CISO. it should never yes. happen yeah yeah I, the way I've, i i simply describe it is you know the, the the information security is a is about uh, the security and the sanctity of the data. Uh, privacy is about securing the rights of the individual and the access they have to that data and their own personal data. And sometimes those are at conflict because one is very much business driven and very much we need all the data all the time to all the people or thereabouts it depends on you know what kind of business you're in and if you can look your customers in the eye at the end of the day um versus actually we need to protect our customers we need to offer them the rights that they may not even be afforded by regulation you know gdpr has done a huge amount of good overall i think it, you know it's it's you know largely positive uh for for europe but in many countries that don't yeah exactly woo woo us woo brexit um, no, hang on. Uh, no, 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 no. That's it. We don't need no GDPR. Uh, but, 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 no, but that, but many countries don't have anything like this. Um, you know, and that that that's cultural. That's a uh, um, company. Uh, uh, sorry, countries that are driven more by businesses than they are by governments and things like that. You know, what what else? Why? Why would governments not be in the, looking out for the interests of their individuals of, of their, of their <laughs> citizens? I'm saying, that, I'm saying that. Let's be careful here. You know, this is apolitical, but 
Uh, so, well, I think like going back to your first point, you're absolutely right. The, the focus of interest between InfoSec and privacy or data protection uh, is complete in a completely different place. So mm. InfoSec is about protecting corporate assets. Now, yeah. sometimes customers are corporate assets and when they are, then they get consideration. And sometimes employees are corporate assets and when they are, they get consideration. Privacy or, or Let's go back. Actually, data protection and privacy, not the same thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Data protection, as in the laws that govern the uses of information about people in order to protect people from each other. That is very much focused on the rights and freedoms of the individual and limiting the degree to which um, a bunch of people over here can screw with the life of a person over there. So, yeah, as you said, they're, they're, they're divergent. They're not the same thing. Um, and there will be times when um, what is better for InfoSec is not better for privacy and vice versa. Yeah. So I think like the, the, the title you sent me was who wins in a fight, InfoSec or privacy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I did uh, when I saw that. I think my answer is everybody loses if there's a fight. Yes. What yeah, actually yeah, 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 is is work together to uh, achieve a mutually acceptable equilibrium between the two yeah. and that's never going to be static because as you say there are different cultures different environments different industries different people uh, involved all over the place with this and there's never going to be a universal one-size-fits-all answer that makes everybody happy yeah and and you know and from your position, from the, from the privacy side of the fence, just to to board it up, and from my position from the infosec side of the fence, obviously when um, you know I read some of your stuff and you say we just don't get it, I think there is also an element of you just don't get it, right? Because this is not all men moment. This is <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but far too many, right? Maybe not all men, but far too many, you know. But uh, anyway, whoa, 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 we're going way <laughs> off here, way off. Yes, my podcast, my podcast, but uh, <laughs> but but it's but it's true, you know. Having worked with some, you know, privacy professionals who like we, you know, um, we don't we should be doing things not because we have to, but because we should, etc. It's all in the good of the, you know, all for the greater good, etc. Well, frankly, that's not what the business is about, you know, um, like it or not. And so there is a conflict. I think there. I, I think you're right. I think the majority of the uh, of of the issues will come from infosec because I think whilst privacy isn't a new concept, privacy as in chief privacy officer, data protection officer, all that sort of thing, are fairly new roles in the grand scheme of things, and so are, are sort of being raised up. And as you say, organisations are saying, "Hey, you're doing. You're looking after our data there. You can look after our data there." Of course, they're going to start to think they know about it, even even though they might not, you know, because they've got yeah. that conflict of interest. It's just people being people. It's yes. all just people being people. You can't yeah. expect people to be anything but people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange though it may seem. Strange though it may seem. <laughs> Absolutely. That raises an interesting point because, um, you know, you've got like the business priorities are to, well, make enough to continue to be sustainable and viable um and you know hopefully pursue growth and dominance yeah um and and that's just not the same thing as you know social considerations the things that evolution has given us to be able to operate in large groups um which are really really careful balance of of power between the individual um and all the groups that are involved mm. um so you know 
fundamentally these things can't be reconciled. Yeah. All they can be is managed. And that means going into it with open eyes and saying, um, you know, look, we would like to be perfectly shiny angels, but we live in a world where perfectly shiny angels get trodden on in seconds. So we're going to have to be a little bit evil. The question is, how much of this stuff that we know is harmful um, are we okay with doing? And that's the conversation that I try and have with organizations. You know, how much, um, how much of this can you do and sleep at night? And how much can you do and keep yeah. the business going? It's it's you know there's there's no perfect security solution to everything you know security itself in order for a business to thrive is a compromise and the same has to be said for for the privacy side of things right you know you can't you're there to to support the business do its thing now it's I I'm 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 going to disagree with you there good, good. <laughs> right well that's, what do you think I got you on here um, because human beings exist and businesses don't have to exist. Businesses exist because we choose to make them exist. And we've built this kind of corporate infrastructure and whatever, but humans would survive without business. Um, humans without human rights, um, would not be a pretty picture at all. So yes, I think totally actually, one of the reasons we have data protection law and we don't really have like information security law so much is because actually it's it's more important to all of the humans on the planet that there are some rules that govern the way we interact with each other um because people will be people um whereas um in terms of business you know the the ultimate expression of um of business is sociopathy and that's not really good for humans in groups but but in the same way that we we choose to have a if we choose to have businesses we also have to choose to relinquish a certain level of control and privacy so we choose that if you if you choose not to that's fine you can take yourself away you can you can just deal in a in a cash economy you can live off the grid and all that it's but people do it you really can't these days well yeah well i mean you'll get labeled obviously (laughs) the choice is is theoretical it's it's not kind of we we all are where we are you can minimize you can certainly minimize it takes work yeah (laughs) but it takes work to do anything you know you want to cheat you want to change the world it takes work you know that's that's the thing if you you know uh anyway i I, sort of go I wouldn't say we're going around in circles. I, I it's not like I don't fundamentally disagree with you because it's not the case at all. I, th- I strongly believe in moral and ethical companies. I strongly believe that a company should be able to look its customers in the eyes and its clients in the eyes and say, "This is what we're doing with your data. This is why we're doing it," and not feel guilty, not feel ashamed. And if the customer is still not happy about it, say. Okay, that's fine. We can change. We can remove your particular data from this data set, whatever. It's when companies do things without the uh, cognizance of 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 the customer, the client, the individual um, that that causes me a problem. I can see myself making faces in the video, and so can I at the corner of my eye. Yeah, <laughs> I don't play poker, and this is why. <laughs> is that that kind of focus on the customer? is a very business thinking thing. But a company is composed of people, human beings. Hmm. Um, 
And when all the focus is on the customer, that generally tends to mean that the employees are being treated like crap. Because there's that's a, a that's a big amount. leap, isn't it? Just be, just because we treat our customers well, we treat our our employees badly. Yeah, there's a limited amount of time, energy, and money available to do things that don't directly generate revenue. And when you so a really fun game is to play the trolley problem with with executives and label the people on the tracks customers, regulators, society at large. Oh, that's 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 a bit of an artificial construct, though, isn't it? I mean, it's you know, I, I there are there are good business people out there, and there are good companies out there. I can think of at least one at the moment, but um, <laughs> uh, two if I include yours. But um, you know, I can think of uh, you know there are plenty of good customers out there who aren't out to screw people, be they customers, regulators, um, you know, the government or its employees. Um, but it's, privacy is not about business. So data no. protection law applies as much to governments and non-profits and membership associations and organizational yeah. bodies as it does to commerce. Um, so they're, in, they're in the business to do something, though. might not be to generate money, but it's to do something. Well, this is why it's always easier to talk about data protection with non-profits. Um, well, with yeah. charities, actually, not yeah. Not like the taxpayers alliance, yeah, anything like that, or you know, Eaton or whatever. But yeah, stop it, you stop it. Because they're they're more willing to recognise that it's not enough to make statements about your ideals. You actually Hmm. have to put resources behind. Got to do it, yeah. Those ideals and. The more resources you put behind those ideals, the less resources you have to put behind things that are not directly linked to those ideals. But those ideals may include employees. Um, if the ideal is, you know, being not treating people like crap, yeah. then, yeah, that's going to involve a lot of time, effort and money in regards to employees as well as customers. A good investment to make. You'd think One so. might argue. Plenty of examples that don't. Totally agree. Totally agree. But plenty of examples that don't. But, you know, I think I think we're definitely going down a... This is the sort of thing that if this uh, podcast was called a pub chat, we'd be going down this rabbit hole for a long time. You know, and, and rightly so. I think the, these are important things. I think they're also elements that a lot of infosec professionals and businesses miss uh, because... They are focused on the business. I, I personally believe that the, you know, the the chief privacy officer and the, the the chief information security officers' roles are the same. They are there to help the. Let me finish, even with the faces, as in they are there to help the business sell more widgets, sell more beer, do more good in the in the community, whatever it is, through their use of information security or through their use of privacy and and law and reduction of risk and things like that. Th- their goal is to help the business do more with what it can and, and be better. Now, that may be better rewards for shareholders, perhaps more long-term rewards because, frankly, they're not getting hit with massive fines from regulators and all that sort of thing. Um, but... The goal is ultimately, if you're working for a business, your goal, your goal as an individual unit is the goal of the business. I think if you're working for, and I, I absolutely don't disagree with that. 
from an individual point of view, if you're working for a business, generally your goal is to make enough money to pay your bills, have a safe place to live, hopefully get enough leisure time to that your life is not an unending, you know, grim slog. Um, And actually the, the goals of the business might align with those personal goals, but they don't always, they won't no. necessarily. No, so no, I no, think absolutely. there's a, um, and, and I agree that the, the business focused uh, industries, which InfoSec kind of is more of a business focused inv- industry than, than privacy, although, you know, both need to pay attention to business. Yeah. Um, I think there's, um, it's the same as any other profession. There's a lot of tunnel vision. Um, so, I mean, it's just in privacy that the tunnel is wider because it's, rights and freedoms of human beings whereas in infosec the the tunnel is data and systems that support the processing of that data to enable yeah. the business to get stuff done yeah, yeah. and then in in law you know in a, a lawyer that the tunnel might be um uh, contractual obligations avoiding litigation avoiding enforcement so everyone's got their own tunnels um, and I think this stuff really only works when we can make the tunnels converge yes. instead of, um, well, instead of <laughs> hijacking each other's tunnels. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. I think there's got to be a huge amount of cooperation. I mean, when I was a CISO, I, I had the privilege to work alongside our chief privacy officer. He's a chap called Marcus Rule, who I'm hoping to get on the season two of this of this podcast. And he was awesome. He was very, very focused on the privacy on the law, on actually um, legal risk and all that sort of thing. Very cognizant of the role InfoSec played, was very happy to, to partner alongside me and you know the, the, the security team. And we got so much done as a result. I mean, even to the point where, uh, and these were never launched, unfortunately, internally, but we did, uh, when we launched our policies internally, our, our InfoSec and our, our sort of uh, privacy and legal policies, we filmed our, or we did some films launching them side by side to camera. Um, I, and, and that, you know, it was a really good, it just really showed how that partnership went together. And I think you, you have to have that partnership because Marcus was coming at things from a very, very different perspective from, from where I was. But we would, work around not work work with each other to come up with the best solution for the people the business the clients etc uh, yeah, and i and i think that's that's how it needs to be the tunnels need to converge that much more rather than you know dare i say articles about how bad infosec is compared to privacy professionals <laughs> I didn't. Now's my chance to pull a face. Did you? Did you? Okay, I'll reread that. I'll reread. <laughs> but you know, move, moving moving along, I'm going to go on to the like the community side of things. Now, you and I met in the community on the speaking circuit. I think it was was it RSA 2011. I think something like that. Rant. Yes, we met at Rant, but it was Rant who arranged the thing for RSA, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was about 2010, 2011 was when we met. And so we've done a, you know, a fair amount of stuff um, on uh, on the speaking circuit. But I think I think what I um, – the, the point I was, I, I was trying to, to make was the, the fact that 
you contribute a huge amount, be it through Twitter or through your blog, or you've set up your own business and you run things either, you know, obviously as paying clients or through a Patreon, but you also submit a lot of stuff for, you know, for free and things like that. And you think, you know, well, one, I think, why do you do that? And I think I'm going to answer it slightly and say, because that's what moves the needle, right? That's what gets stuff done and, you know, raises the bar overall. But what kind of response do you get to a lot of this stuff? You know, especially given you tell it straight, I think would be the polite way of putting it. I think you give me too much credit. I mainly do this stuff because, uh, A, my head is far too full of stuff. And unless I externalise it, <laughs> I will just like bounce off the walls and, and lose it. Yeah. Um, and B, I'm an affirmation junkie. Um, <laughs> I, I Tell me I'm good. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's it. So <laughs> I put this stuff out there and try and make it helpful because it keeps me going when I get feedback from people who say that's helpful. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't care if that makes me a narcissist. It works for me. <laughs> everybody wins right everybody wins you get but the also, feedback we get the content <laughs> also i am uh, an obsessive nerd who finds it really hard to let things go when they see something when i see something that i don't think is right then i kind of feel a, a burning need to, yeah. to do something to to um to put it right and you know i think part of that is is being autistic and having this strong sense of justice um that that drives me to do that um but I, i'm not gonna lie a lot of it is because i like the attention that's fair and, and i think you know a lot of us do everybody likes being you know being told that they they write good stuff they do good things etc yeah. Um, I mean, I, I see you getting tagged a lot in LinkedIn conversations or, or Twitter conversations that say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. If you want to hear somebody who knows what they're talking about, talk to Rowena, at which point you're in there like that. I don't know. You must have some kind of, you know, sixth sense or something. You know, my ears are burning. Hang on. Notifications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, notifications. Exactly. But uh, but. But it's that kind of contribution in into the community, and, and I've, I've talked to the number of, of guests on the on the podcast around the community. And it's like it doesn't matter whether it's you go to a conference and take photographs for them, or you design a logo for them, or whatever. If you contribute to that community, you're helping move the dial. You're helping move the needle in the right direction to 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 raise that standard. Right. If you just sit back and do nothing and just do your job, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But you're 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 not going to progress personally as much as you would be because you're not challenging ideas you're not synthesizing data from other people you're not you know trying to push back or even changing your opinion um but you're also not going to be gathering as much in the first place i agree um i think and there's there's a lot of it that um a i am driven to get involved because like I said I, I can't let something I just can't let it go I can't let it go past um I'm also um I'm also very privileged I'm lucky to have um a brain that allows me to get in there and articulate what I'm trying to say um to have the leisure and the freedom to be able to do that mm. um and, and and to have so much of an interest in my field that I'm inspired to do that rather than, you know, closing the laptop at the end of the day and going like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think 
there's an I'm, in fact I know there are an awful lot of people certainly out there in data protection and privacy who do an amazing amazing job um, and just do not have the time the energy available to pay attention to it outside their job because you know they've got families and maybe they've got you know caring responsibilities disabilities they've got um they're working all the hours god sends in in two different jobs to keep going so um i think contribution is is very important but i don't think um, I think it's dangerous to make it a moral issue because there are lots of people who would love to get involved, but perhaps they're not even allowed to say these things in public because of their employer. Yeah. So I don't. Um, I don't. I would. I wouldn't say we think of it as a moral, or maybe it is a moral thing, but it's certainly not a moral superiority thing. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a distinction, right? You know, we do this because it's the right thing to do. We don't do this because it's the right thing to do. And it makes me better than you. That's there's really? a there's a distinction really? there. Well, mate, I th- I'm sure there are plenty of other people who do who do that, but that's <laughs> not where it should come from, right? It's the right thing to do, and we all benefit. Not or I do it because I simply cannot help myself. <laughs> yes, that too, that too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I... It's funny you say that about like getting kind of tagged in and, and kind of brought in. Like I, I found myself in the middle of some really contentious debates that I'm like, why have you brought me into this? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Kind of stress in my life. I don't want to touch that with a 40 foot barge pole. You know? Exactly. Um, but also I worry that um, because I have a degree of profile and a degree of you know, brand trust that people yeah. are, are going to accept what I say without, challenging it i need to be challenged as much as the next person because i'm only human and i'm not perfect and i get stuff wrong yeah um and i it worries the whole kind of rock star um culture worries me because um it it does lead to to people um listening and promoting people because they think they're right because they have a high profile not because they've actually examined what that person is saying and doing um, and has come to the independent conclusion that they are indeed worth promoting. I mean, mm. There's no right answer. It's a difficult balance. But yeah. yeah, it does it does worry me that this might go to my head. So I need people like you around to burst my ego. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got somebody at my front door. <laughs> Let's just wait there. <laughs> This is where I say stuff about Tom behind his back. <laughs> no, not really. Tom's an awesome geezer. For an infosec guy. Oh, typical, eh? Okay. You're going to laugh when you watch that recording back. <laughs> I don't. I, 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 let, uh, I let my boy deal with that. <laughs> um... So one of the key phrases I've been using this in, in this season of podcasts is everybody has a book to sell. So in your case, um, Miss IG Geek Limited, you set this up a few months ago, was it? I think maybe six months ago, something like that. November uh, last year. November last year. Okay. Uh, so for, for four and a half months, uh, five, whatever. Yeah. Nearly six months ago. And you set this up uh, there. And as you said at the beginning, you know, you're, you're, trying to get things back to fundamentals and 
let let companies do the right thing or do less evil things and all, all that sort of thing. But you know, tell us a little bit more about the about uh, about Miss IG Geek Limited. So um, I up until this point, I've always um, I was in house at um, organisations. So I was the DPO even before a DPO was an official thing, like designated in law. Uh, hmm. So hipster DPO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was a DPO before it was fashionable to be a DPO. I was in data protection before it was sexy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then I went into consultancy because it is so much more rewarding when people are paying you to come in from the outside and say the same yes. things that the people on the inside have been saying for years um, yeah. and, and be listened to. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, you know, being a consultant, you you are not the person everybody looks to to fix it for them. They're looking to you to tell them how to fix it. Um, and they want your help. They yes. they paid to listen to it, not necess- not, you know, we're paying you because you have to be here. Yeah, know? exactly. So mad respect for the people who do this job from in-house. They have much mm. more fortitude than I. Um, so I was doing consultancy and um, I thought, well, you know, I've been um, employed and under somebody else's thumb and protection for for so long um i've been saying for years i should just go and do this myself um so why not so i did and uh so i uh, i'm much better at unpicking and troubleshooting stuff than i am than building it uh from scratch or even maintaining it like maintenance bores me <laughs> same here and, same here yeah yeah and 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 i'm you know being an, a, a picky pedantic obsessive self-righteous nerd um i'm really good at unpicking stuff and finding problems so i thought well you know let's do something constructive with that yeah um, i also uh, i have a patreon i am um hoping to get more into that uh over this year and be able to blog a lot for free to attract more people to carry on to, to pay me to carry on blogging for free. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, we all have bills to pay at the end of the day, right? You know? Yeah. Um, it, it just so happens that also since since I do this stuff for fun in my spare time anyway, I thought I might as well make some money from it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, like, I like to work with organisations who are keen to do as much of the right thing as their circumstances and resources allow, uh, who are willing to look at these issues with kind of open eyes and a clear head and and say, look, these are the compromises we're having to make. Let's just mm. be honest about that. Yeah. Um, instead of pretending everything is shiny um, or just not bothering. Um, and uh, the, the my favourite part of the work I do is the education, learning, support, knowledge transfer. I don't like to use the T word um, because I find that the T word automatically starts shunting people down a very, very narrow, uh, poorly lit, badly maintained tunnel that doesn't actually go anywhere very useful yeah um so yeah learning inspiration knowledge transfer um all that that jazz is my favorite bit um but yeah i mean i I can do stuff like i can come in and tell you um where your practices might be diverging from what the law says you should be doing um but i don't leave it there i will then start 
looking at your options for addressing it and tailoring those to your organization's culture uh, and capabilities and resources and strategy and values. So I think a lot of this... It's not a cookie cutter problem, is it? It's really, really really not. Yeah. Um, And we've got this model of working that's very much kind of just-in-time management by metrics. Um, And and like I said in a a recent uh, Patreon post, it doesn't leave time for thinking, but there are some things that need to be thought about and discussed Mm. and worked through and you can't just come up with the right answers on demand Um, and I think the commoditization of things like infosec support privacy support consultancy um, an unintended consequence of that is that people are looking to buy software or other people to do their thinking for them yeah and that is always a recipe for failure because you've got to do some of your are you the business the organization the CISO whatever you have to do some of your own thinking and decision making um, if you just copy what other people are doing well it may not work for your organization like it does for theirs mm. and you won't know where it will and won't work if you haven't like examined it and unpicked it and thought about it so I think pretty much what I I really do is is um I, I try and inspire thinking <laughs> in a you're way te- that is financially sustainable. <laughs> you're teaching them to fish. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 not a chauffeur, but I kind of give driving lessons, which is ironic yeah. because I personally don't drive. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell give- you what, starting my own business has given me a new appreciation of how difficult in reality and practical reality it is to actually get done all the things that it says one should do on paper and that everybody expects your paperwork to say you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I know that from first-hand experience as well. Yeah. So if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do it? Website, Twitter? Well, yeah, the internet, basically. So um, on Twitter, I'm at MissIG underscore geek. Um, I have a website for both my irreverent blogging and uh, a business kind of storefront, which is Mm -hmm. missinfogeek.net. I'm on LinkedIn, Rowena Fielding. um, And I don't use Facebook. Heavens above. Who would have thought it? (laughs) Mind you, neither do I. So we certainly are on common ground. Yeah, but you got banned, didn't you? (laughs) No, I didn't get banned. What are you talking about? (laughs) I did have somebody set up an account in my name and use my photos and my Twitter feed. Um, That's so naughty. Yeah, but you know who it was. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Exactly. Just just, uh, check out hostunknown.tv. You'll find out who it was that set up a fake Facebook name, uh, Facebook account in my name. Uh, It lasted three months before uh, I got wind and managed to close it down. Anyway, uh, so we'll put all of the links uh, for a winner in the show notes, as long as uh, as well as any other uh, useful information. Thank you so much for being on with us today, Rowena. It's been fascinating. It's been engaging. Uh, It's always good when people don't always agree with everything because this is how we grow. Let's face it. This is how we 
grow, take on board new information, synthesize it and come up with new opinions, even if they are wrong in some cases. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, thank Evolution you. Evolution depends on mistakes. It does. That's exactly it. Exactly. It. Anyway, thank you, Rowena. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for uh, listening and watching to this week's episode. Look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. In the next episode, Tom will be interviewing a couple of people who apparently have superpowers and are using them to benefit the InfoSec community as a whole. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy, isn't it? The more you help other people, the more you help yourself.